guys, welcome to the bonus part of this podcast with Matt Smith. Now we're going to go ahead and talk about a little bit of the politics. Matt, the first question for you, and I answer this one purely honestly, is it better for America in your view if Trump lives or dies? All right, so uh, I have no clue because Mike Pence is just as scary and I honestly think he he could also beat Joe Biden in an election. So I, I, I like, I personally would be stoked, like, like uh, you British folk, uh, ice cream and jelly uh, when Thatcher dies, like same, same thing for Trump. <laughs> same, same, same thing. Did we have ice cream uh, and jelly when Thatcher died, Vince? I can't remember that. We had a few beers, but no one. I think, one. yeah, I think it was a few more beers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I celebrated with the dirt down. I celebrated <laughs> with a pint of Thatcher's cider. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to go ahead and say farewell to her. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I'm sober for the month of October, so it, I, I'm gonna have a hard time celebrating. <laughs> Well, we'll certainly help you out on that one over here if it happens. So you really think- uh, I, I might drop some acid, just really vibe out that day. <laughs> so do you really think that Pence could beat Biden and why? I, I think that the Democratic Party is a controlled opposition party and that they actually have no personal investment in actually winning uh, because Outside of the rare uh, Democratic Socialists, uh, my rep, uh, Rashida Tlaib, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Elon Omar, uh, the liberal, the liberals, the Democrats are mostly an upper middle class par elite party. Uh, they're, they're the party of woke capitalism. So honestly, all they care about is that Trump says the lie quiet part loud <laughs> like so I honestly like I don't know uh I've been I've been very much uh especially after watching the debate uh I've been telling my friends to buy guns for years uh <laughs> yeah, because I'm, because I'm the, we made the mistake like liberals not really the left but liberals actually the left for a good portion of time too made the mistake of seeding gun culture to the right, where a lot of these like three percenters, a lot of these like right-wing militias are heavily armed. And here you have like a lot of leftists who their one gun is a 100-year-old Mosin Nagant. Like, yeah, cool. The, so the Soviets, it was used while storming the, the Winter Palace. But you know what? <laughs> Buy an AR. But Buy a nine millimeter, buy something that's actually functional for today. It's interesting you mentioned this 3% mob because this is based on the, the myth that only 3% of Americans yes. uh, fought against the British. Uh, and I read something this week that 3% uh, of Americans own about 50% of the guns, uh, which is a terrifying figure. And I guess most of them yes. will be people off the right. Do you think, uh, say Trump recovers, and loses do you think sorry what how do you think the american right wing will respond honestly i 
the last uh, several years, I, I've uh, said that we're in unprecedented, unprecedented times. And now with this like pandemic, like it's even weirder. I like, I, I feel I can't predict anything. All I can do is be prepared uh, and organized. And cause like Trump A winning the Republican primary and B being elected president to me symbolize the collapse of the the neoliberal like consensus that now we had a legit right-wing prop populist uh because george w bush john mccain like uh mitt romney these were all just like the only thing that separated them from Democrats was like abortion. So these were the, like, it's the part where the Democratic Party like congratulates these guys and like other ghouls like Dick Cheney whenever they say something remotely sarcastic about Trump. So there, to me, like the center is falling out and I have no idea all I can do is organize and be prepared. Yeah, I understand that completely. You, you certainly had been telling people for a while to get a gun. And uh, I, if I lived <laughs> in the States myself, I would most definitely have one, which shows one of your problems. Any society in which someone like me can get a gun does have some <laughs> issues. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vince. Uh, well, I, there was a quote I liked from um, uh, David Sedaris who was saying, you know, w w lots of people are really struggling to vote for Biden and, and you know, um, but, you know, the choices are very limited. Um, and, and his quote was something like, if you're on an airline and the choice, uh, you're, you're offered the choice between the chicken or the dog shit with broken glass in it, you're not going to say, well, how is the chicken cooked? <laughs> so... Matt, would you be prepared to vote for Biden, who I guess uh, would be the undercut chicken in your metaphor there? <laughs> I, I, uh, so I, I, I've tried, I've actually, I, uh, during the Detroit City uh, final, my personal Twitter account was actually uh, locked because I had a tweet reported. It was a tweet that I said that I was selling my vote uh, <laughs> for the for the price of a CZ-75 or a Beretta M92, I would vote for Joe Biden. For the price, <laughs> of, it, for the price of an AR-15, I would, I would stro vote straight ticket Democrat. <laughs> I, I can tell you this, I am going to show up and vote. I, I'm lucky enough to live in Rashida Tlaib's district. Yeah. So I get to honestly at least vote for one person that I can say, shares some of my beliefs, uh, believes in uh, self-determination for the Palestinian people uh, as uh, the daughter of Palestinian immigrants. Of course she does. Uh, and somebody who honestly has stepped up and only voiced positive feedback on the local Black Lives Matter protests. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Does Rashida Talib ever come to any of the uh, home games? Uh, she has been. She has. Oh, wow. Uh, and she's actually she's tweeted about Detroit City Football Club more than any other sports team. Uh, so mm -hmm. respect. Yes, Queen. To, uh, you're the coolest football team out there. You got Iggy Pop. You got Gil Scott Heron's dad, and now you got Rashida. I'm going to start supporting you guys. Screw Celtic. Alec, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any question? Any more questions, mate? Uh, well, I mean, I just, just as we're talking about the American elections, um, and obviously, you know, there's no point speculating about um, what the result will be, uh, but you know, the spectre of um, Fascism. Fascism in the States is what I'm quite interested in seeking your, your views on. I mean, I know we've been saying for years that uh, various right-wing conservative reactionary regimes uh, that we don't like uh, are fascist. And, you know, I'm, and, and, you know, my party is very critical of people using the word incorrectly. Uh, but I, I, I think, you know, looking at the, some of the commentary for example, the Communist Party of the United States, uh, although they don't say that um, Trump's government is a fascist government, uh, they do quite clearly indicate that they think he is a fascist and that he's trying to encourage a fascist movement, uh, a mass movement uh, to cohere uh, around various militias and uh, far right uh, fascist groupings, which is what you can kind of see happening uh, on the streets of Portland, uh, and what he was encouraging with his uh, deliberate uh, his deliberate remark uh, concerning uh, the the Proud Boys uh, last week in the presidential debate. So I'm quite interested in what your take on this issue is. Do you think there's an American fascist movement that is being called into being by Trump, or do you think that that's a uh, that's an exaggeration, or do you think that it's a continuation of simply uh, long-term far-right conservative trends in American politics linked with the conditions of economic crisis that the country's going through today? H how do you see um, what's happening with the far-right in the United States? All right, so I wanna start by first saying the United States has always been a far-right country. The furthest left we've ever been was between FDR's New Deal and Kennedy and LBJ in the 60s, that's as far left as we've ever been. And in all reality, we still weren't even social Democrats when it comes to European standards. Uh, we just had like a vibrant union movement. Uh, that's the government itself. Uh, I would say the current, like we've been, this uh this current drift further into the further to the right uh starts with uh the reaganite and thatcher uh neoliberal consensus uh in the late 70s and early 80s uh to the point where even bill clinton was much further to was probably further to the right than nixon Barack Obama is probably further to the right than Nixon. Uh, so the part, both part, both of the main parties have drifted to the right. I would say that, like, I wouldn't say that 
Trump is a fascist. I would say he's a proto-fascist. Unlike Hitler and Mussolini uh, or Franco, there is no united uh, far right. It is warring factions who, for the most part, have only recently finally hijacked the party. Because like a lot of the people that were part of the Republican Party are jumping to the Democrats to support Joe Biden. The, the David Frums, the uh, Jennifer Rubens of the world uh, are like a lot of the like neocons are now actually like supporting Joe Biden because they, they need to get control of the Republican party back from this far right pop, far right populist movement. But there's no, co just like the American left, there's no cohesion in that far right populist movement. Like if you look at the number of like openly fascist or openly like Nazi organizations like uh, the NSM or like the hammer skins and stuff, they're all, there's so many small splintered organizations, just like on the left, how you have like Workers World Party and you have like the Socialist Party, you have the Communist Party uh, and it's all due to splits over the smallest things. So there's no cohesive, movement and maybe you can say that trump is a united like richard spencer who to a degree has been like excommunicated from that like we're part of trying to unite these these factional groups uh, my, sorry sorry in, man, but one of my questions here was this very much like uh, like here the right wing all tend to hate each other and hell they're all right they're all bastards yeah uh, you've got a, a very uh, diffuse right wing across there who again hate each other but i mean i don't think trump is any big aberration in u.s history like you no. said he says the quiet part loud but i think he's just a bit less clever than some of have been in the past about covering up the reality of the united states but one thing he has done is seem to unify a large part of the right together in supporting Trump. So you'll get people like the Proud Boys and people like some, I forget who it was, but some intellectual American right wing lady who said she had a problem voting for Trump last time. But now she feels she has to vote for Trump because he's the only one that doesn't slag off American history. So I, that's part of my, um, the reason why I asked the question in the first place. Is it better that Trump dies, because then there is no unifying uh, figure behind the episode in, for the American right. I, I, I don't know. The future's unwritten, but yeah. uh, because who knows how they reacted to Trump's death? Yeah. Uh, because I know, like a lot of other leaders' deaths, they've become martyrs. So who knows? Uh, well, they'll probably blame the Chinese, won't they? Or, uh, <laughs> he's already he's already blamed the Chinese. We got the Chinese yeah. blamed already. Yeah. Okay. Oh Christ. Yeah. So uh, I guess they'll go ahead and blame somebody, and there'll be a little bit of a riot. Or, or, <laughs> or, or, or if you're American liberal, everything is Russia's fault, and apparently they're yeah. somehow still Soviets. 
<laughs> this is in this is in fact the great split in American politics, isn't it? Uh, it's the Sino-Soviet split between uh, the Republicans who blame everything on China and the Democrats who blame everything, the corporate Democrats who blame everything on the Putin. Um, so, uh, yeah. No, the, no, the uh, Democrats are also blaming a bunch of stuff on China too. Yeah, uh, you, you got, you got to out xenophobe the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Damn right. Just uh, to make a reference to the Twitter personality drill, uh, just turning a giant lever that says racism, waiting for the crowd to applaud. So it's like I said, uh, like it is definitely a. a a weird time to live in the United States and Trump isn't an aberration like honestly George W. Bush was a worse president uh honestly he's just as bad as all the other presidents of my lifetime like uh we're still involved in a bunch of these foreign wars and occupations we're still uh massively taking wealth from the poorest Americans and giving it to the richest. It's just that he's gauche. Like he's, <laughs> he's just rude. That's, that's the problem that a lot of Americans have with him. Well, that's, that's been one of the, uh, the same people that I saw of... protesting Bush like two decades ago are like yeah. welcoming him to like the resistance the uh, one of the jokes, I'm sure you've seen it doing the rounds at the moment on uh, on Twitter and various other platforms is uh, you know they say the uh, one of the side effects of COVID is uh, you lose your sense of taste, but so we can't <laughs> tell. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, even your good presidents turn out to be complete wankers too. I was reading something a while ago about FDR. FDR was never a big believer in the New Deal. He didn't like the idea at all of deficits, and he tried to stop it towards the end of the 30s, which brought the recession back, went back into the press, and only saved by World War II. Uh, and also, well, there was also Japanese internment as well. Oh, uh, yeah, there, there are many, many bad things about yeah. that period. Yeah, there's also the fact that he, uh, he dissed uh, Jesse Owens. Owens said, I had no problem with Hitler. FDR was the one that wouldn't let me inside the White House to go ahead and shake his hand. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. I'll you some links about that. Yeah, Roosevelt was, uh, again, no aberration in American history, but he wasn't yeah. bush in the way Trump is. Uh, Vince, any more questions about the politics for Matt? Well, well, just one last one. I mean, I remember when Reagan got in, I thought it can't get any worse than that. And then bush, <laughs> George W. Bush got oh, in, can't get any worse than that. I mean, and, and then Trump, I mean, where can we go from here? I mean, is, could Homer Simpson be president? Uh, Dan Crenshaw. Uh, no, there, there's, it can, it can get worse. It oh, can. No. Uh, <laughs> no uh, so for the British audience and for my, for me, who's Dan Crenshaw? Uh, Dan Crenshaw is a, uh, a far right member of Congress. Uh, He's most notable for uh, wearing an eye patch because he lost his eye in, uh, I forget whether it was Iraq or Afghanistan. Oh, no, uh, they're like one of the common refrains from like uh, actual leftists in the US is that like, I, I hate to stand Bernie Sanders, but like while, while campaigning for, while doing some work campaigning for Bernie Sanders, 
that we were like the uh, like if joe biden wins he's probably not going to be serving two terms mm-hmm. like uh, odds are it will be four years and then he'll be replaced by a actual blood uh, no 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 an actual like blood and soil fascist like somebody who who was given the uh party apparatus by trump but is actually a competent politician because that that's the one saving grace is that trump has been incompetent as well that if he was a competent politician and wasn't just constantly firing staff members and there was cohesion in like what they were doing it could be much worse like the fact that we haven't successfully orchestrated a venezuela or or anywhere else or launch another foreign war like we we came close to a war against a, a war in iran we came close yeah i mean he, he launched but 50, we didn't he launched 57 cruise missiles at syria but um that was yeah more of a, yeah and honestly like the few things that he has done that haven't been horrible the democratic party has like for the sake of being contrarian like uh de-escalation in north korea is a good thing right mm-hmm. sure like and finally ending the korean war would be a good thing mm-hmm. given somebody who is more politically astute rather than just off the cuff racist would actually have done things and made things even worse than they are. So what you're saying is that uh, in the four years time, we could have somebody in who's as bad as Trump, but is competent. And we might yes. get nostalgic for Trump the way we are nostalgic for George Bush these days. It, it, it's, uh, Fucking hell. it's a reoccurring joke on uh, lefty Twitter that like, presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg says how great President Trump was. Thanks for... Because it can only get worse. Like, <laughs> like, like don't, don't think that, like, America can only get better. Like, yeah. you haven't it can hit still get yet. worse. Yeah. If the United States could potentially break up, say if Trump wins or Pence wins, the New York... Um, Illinois, California, places where they do, let's be honest, make all the money. Would they say uh, or this, Michigan, where you have all the fresh water? Yeah, yeah. So would you guys uh, just fuck off and leave? I have no idea. <laughs> A few decades ago, I uh, joked about starting the Michigan Liberation Front, uh, but no. Uh, honestly. The Electoral College makes everything look very mm-hmm. dichotomy, like uh, just black and white. But like Michigan, it like went Trump this uh, this past election, but is usually a very reliable blue state. Uh Minnesota, which was the longest-running blue state, is now a swing state this year. Like, 
when Ronald Reagan crushed Walter Mondale, Walter Walter Mondale only won, I believe, I want to say Massachusetts and his home state of Minnesota. On the ground political realities are that like Detroit is is pretty left but directly north of us is Oakland County pretty Republican and then like north of Oakland County you have like Genesee County where Flint is which is overwhelmingly working class but the suburbs around Flint are pretty Republican Uh, so it's very much like you can't look at the electoral map and really look at that it's it's not the U.S. Civil War where it was based off, like, a secession. My my brother and I, like, one time driving home from uh, picking him up from work, like, there's a car in our neighborhood that has a three percenters and a totem cough uh, decal, which, like, like, so we know that there's white nationalists in our neighborhood. Uh, we we lived down the street from a house that had three Confederate flags. Like we live in this the the working class suburbs of Detroit. Most cities will be controlled by left leaning folks, but you can't really draw any maps on ideology. Like there are there are like fascists within Detroit city limits too. Yeah, it's interesting. It's going to be a bit more like uh, the English Civil War or the War of the Three Kings than they show it now because they're obviously people uh, in the same areas had quite different views. The only kind of holdout city which was a good uh, roundhead stronghold was dear old London town. And if it ever kicks off in the UK, London will of course be uh, left-leaning, but there's plenty of right-wing tosses in London too. I, I just think we should uh, try and bring it back to football uh, in order to round up. And uh, I mean, I'm just wondering, uh, we haven't mentioned COVID uh, in the um, context of the team, uh, but I see, I see there's a, I see there's a player in the NISA league who's just been uh, diagnosed with COVID. Uh, it's obviously wrecked a hole in your entire season uh, by knocking out, well, I guess all your games from what February through to through to uh, you start playing again in August. Uh, yeah, we, just... pl- we played a couple away games before the pandemic started. Okay, so uh, like a couple of cal- games in California, and then just everything was shut down. The boom came down. Uh, and so, I mean, I, I suppose that I'm, you know, looking at the situation in the States, I mean, we've got nothing to boast about at all in this country. Uh, I think we've got the highest uh, level of deaths from COVID in Europe per head of population. Uh, but obviously the United States is way out in the lead, um, with possibly Brazil and India catching up. American uh, exceptionalism, ba- American exceptionalism <laughs> baby, we're number one. <laughs> and um, so I, I'm just uh, really want to bring a, bring out a question really about how um, this is going to affect your your sport, your club, uh, and whether you think that the the pandemic, although it's going to have a massive effect on public health, um, 
is it going to affect the politics of live sport? I mean, we're talking in this country about uh, live venues. Uh, just this morning, the largest cinema chain in Britain has announced that it's, clo it's permanently closing all of its cinemas, right? This is uh, the, big, the big one. Uh, and they announced that on Twitter. Uh, that, was, that was how they told their, their workers that they were going to be made uh, unemployed. Uh, you're going to see theatres closing. You're going to see football clubs going to the wall as well. Now, it appears from the way we've been talking about Detroit City, from what you've told us, from the research that we've done, that it's got a more sort of resilient business model in one sense, because it doesn't rely on TV uh, ads. It doesn't rely on uh, broadcasting rights. It relies mainly on money raised from its supporters and fans, which is a very, it's a very good thing. Uh, but it will obviously have a big impact on the sport. It will have a big impact on the league. Uh, I'm just wondering whether you think it will have a, uh, an impact on, what impact do you think it will have on your club and the politics of the club and uh, just any reflections on that, really? I, I have no idea. I, I honestly don't know. Like, all I can tell you is that Detroit City's supporters will still be there. Uh our club has been going through a we've been in the wilderness where we played in the fourth tier amateur and we were still getting the same kind of draws uh, as, as long as the staff and players are taken care of uh, and as long as the ownership says we'll be back like we'll be there I don't, I can't see the future. Uh, I have no idea when I'm going back to work. So honestly, I, and I, I say this as a bartender, I say this as a DJ, like, like live music, football. I have no idea when any of it's coming back and I miss it all dearly. Oh yeah, well, uh, it's a, it's a tricky time to go ahead and forecast anything because if you said five years ago that uh, Donald Trump would be president, Boris Johnson would be prime minister, uh, Britain's left the European Union, and that I'd be sitting here talking about an obscure Midwest football team, uh, <laughs> then yeah, I think we'd all have been a bit surprised by about that one. But the world takes uh, takes some strange turns. Let's hope that uh, this year. Uh, well, the year coming, it gets a lot better than this one. Uh, Matt, I have to say, that's been fantastic, even better than I expected. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, thank you to anybody who's listened to this podcast and this bonus section. Thank you very much indeed. This, uh, I just want to finish this with uh, one day, I hope that uh, the U.S. breaks up into four five different countries and... On the other hand, there is a United Socialist Ireland. Shaki Allah. Shaki Allah. We can all go ahead and agree with that one. And uh, yeah, if there's a, a nice independent Republic of Michigan, then I will certainly visit that one. Death to the USA, as I believe other people have said before. <laughs> That'll do well for our American audience. Thanks very much for listening to this Redcast. Check us out on anchor.fm forward slash red dash cast dash 
CPB and you'll see more information about our other casts and the, the detailed notes on this particular red cast. Thanks very much comrades, cheers.